Do you ever feel unlovable? We know when it comes to God, you know, He loves us, He made us, we've heard it over and over again, but how much do you really comprehend and accept that God unconditionally loves you? It, it makes my little human brain short circuit, but today we're going to break it down in a way that is going to be a whole new perspective, way you've never thought of it before. So keep listening on She Read It Herself. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I wish I get the just the stupidest, biggest grin whenever I start one of these episodes because I'm just, I don't know. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited and humbled that we get to do this together every week. And I have just the greatest um, message, story, whatever you want to call it, that I have to share with you today because it it blew my mind, y'all. It really blew my mind as somebody who often feels that I'm unlovable, um, that I'm disappointing God all the time, that I'm just crappy Christian who keeps screwing this up. If you've ever felt that way, prepare to have your mindset reframed. If you're new here, hi, I'm Natasha. Um, I started this podcast as a way, really, it's for the girl who is like I was a year ago, who felt like she wanted a deeper relationship with God, who knew she needed to read her Bible, but who just kind of sucked at it, felt it was boring, hard to understand, not applicable for the modern day woman. I found a new way that it's just opened up this direct communication line with God that I never had before. And on these episodes, we break it down just a couple verses at a time in a way that really, I promise, can make a difference in how you feel today. So what does it mean to give someone the right to be your child? Y'all know that I like, to, I like to bring out the dictionary and really get into the words in scripture. So what does right mean? The definition of right is a moral or legal entitlement. Now, you guys know that kind of automatically comes when you give birth to a child. But think about the adoption process. I've always wanted to adopt. I just know it's in my future somewhere. And when I finally do get to adopt and you go before the court to make it legal, they give that child the right to be part of your family and everything that goes with it. They become your next of kin. They take on your name. They are your family in every sense of the word, both morally and legally. Now I want you to keep that in mind. If you're a mom, I want you to think about your kids as we go through this episode. I want you to think about the ways that you love them. And if you aren't a parent yet, as we go through all of these points, I want you to think about the ways that your mom loves you, your dad loves you. I think about my kids. I mean, they're part of my flesh. If somebody asked me to describe how much I love them, it's, it's a, a question that you can't really put the answer even into words. They are your most cherished items. 
well, kids aren't really items, but you get what I mean. You cherish them above all else. When they say a parent, you know, would jump in front of a train, lay down their life for their child, I, I know I would. I know in a heartbeat I would give up my life if it meant my child could live. It's that kind of deep love that you can't even put into words what it means. Now keep that in mind as we move on with our verses. We left off John 1. We're trucking along with verses 9 through 13. So get out your journals and take some notes if you can. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Do you remember where we left off? We were talking about the light and the darkness a couple episodes. That light is Jesus. And it's compared, we compared it to a physical light. How darkness cannot overcome light. When you flip on the light switch, when you stumble into the kitchen at 6 a.m. half asleep, the darkness disappears immediately. You cannot have light and darkness at the same time. The light will always overcome it. Verse 10, he was in the world, and even though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I made a note in my journal when I read this verse about kind of what a bummer it was. It made me sad, sad for God, that he would give such a gift and have it go completely unacknowledged by so many, an unreciprocated love. Verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. There we have it. Those who did receive him, those who believed He gave the right to become children of God, born of God. My little mind can't quite grasp that, much less accept it, that the God of the universe, the God of all that is made, the God who created the heavens, the earth, you know, the big guy, I'm his child. I have every right to be called his child. It's a lot. So let's break it down in a way we can grasp that our little human minds won't have to short circuit. We're going to think about the ways that we love our children. One way that we love our children is unconditionally. No matter how much they screw up, there's nothing they could do that would make you love them less. You know, my 15-year-old Sam, for some reason, this kid is... One of the smartest kids I know. Brilliant. But she cannot get it into her teenage brain to take her dishes to the sink and put them in the dishwasher. I don't know how many mornings in the last week she's left her breakfast dishes because she rushes off to get her backpack to get out the door. And a couple hours later, I find her chewed up milk glass on the floor because the dog steals it and chews it up and I have to chuck it in the trash. Drives me bananas. Do I love her any less? Of course not. I have a five, almost six-year-old little boy, Harry. God bless you if you're a boy, Mom. (gasps) Nobody warned me 
when I was having a boy after girls, what little psychopathic terror balls of endless energy they are. He is crazy, but you know, he's also the sweetest, snuggliest little, little kid. But he's a lot right now. He's going through this phase of, why do you get to make the rules? You're not the mom. I'm the mom. I'm going to make the rules. And, you know, we're getting through it. Gentle parenting one step at a time. But the point is that even when he rejects me, do I love him any less? Of course not. Of course not. It is an unconditional love. The Bible promises me over and over again this, that it's not based off my works. Just like my kids, my love for my kids is not based off of what they do or don't do. But I have a hard time accepting this. I've told you before that I am basing these episodes off of journal entries from when I started reading my Bible over a year ago and what I got out of just a couple verses at a time. And I wrote in my journal from this verse, you know, a year ago, that I was worried that I might lose the blessing of our new house because I had acted poorly with my sister. I talked to you guys about how I wanted this new home, I wanted this place that my girls could feel at peace, And we had found the perfect one and we were in that time where we were going through the lease and, you know, hoping the owners are going to pick me because they had other applicants. And I got in a huge fight with my sister where I did not act like a witness of Jesus' love. I'm human. And you know how it is with family. You probably act the worst with family than you ever would act with a stranger. So we got into a nasty fight with each other and I was actually worried that God was going to take away this blessing of our home because of my mistake. I realized just how much I was thinking of God's love as conditional. Do you ever think that way too? Maybe it's because of the rejection or abandonment issues I have in my life, but accepting that amount of love from God is hard for me. Another thing that you give your children, your protection. I told the story, I think it was on the other podcast I do with Sarah Frazier, about how one of my girls got bullied at school. This, this other kid, I mean, mm, I still am trying to show some grace that it's just a kid. But this kid attacked my child. My daughter came home sobbing. She was hurt. And oh my goodness, if I didn't go into mama bear fierce mode, I was furious. I wanted to go and call that girl's parents and be like, what? Your child is not going to treat mine like this. This will never happen again. I was fierce in my protection of my child. So why can't I believe that God wants to protect me just as fiercely? Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. You know, as we go through John, we're going to get into all the verses about Jesus calling himself the shepherd and us, we're his sheep and the lengths that a shepherd will go to, to protect his flock. 
when my human brain can't quite accept that God wants to protect me that fiercely, that God will protect me that fiercely, I need to go to the promises. I need to see it in black and white. I am a child of God. I was given the right. Therefore, I'm given the unconditional love. I'm given the protection. When we fear that outside forces and darkness are going to hurt us, remember that God is protecting you. Another way that we show love for our children is we provide for them. We provide food, warmth, a safe home. I am always thinking of ways that my kids can feel safe and secure. Whether it be, you know, the girls had had a very rough time for many years, and now that we're, we're in our home, I want their rooms to be somewhere peaceful for them. You know, they have sound machines. They have pretty paintings of the beach on the wall, nice, you know, ambient lighting. And I went through all that effort because I want them to feel safe and secure. I want to provide a peaceful little bubble that they can escape to when the outside world is too much. Luke 12, 24, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest. They don't have storerooms or barns, but God feeds them. You are worth so much more than the birds. Philippians 4, 19, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches in his glory in Christ Jesus. God promises he will provide for us. And it's not just in big ways. It's also in little ways that God blesses us, that he shows us that he's providing his love and support. Try to pay attention to the little ways that you see blessings in your day. Those little things that give you comfort. It can be as dumb as I put up a new bird feeder. And I sprinkled out the bird food so, you know, the birds will find their way over. But the squirrels always find it first. And the cutest little fluffiest squirrel came up to our window. And he was just for like five minutes, Sophie and I and June, our dog, were completely entertained just watching this squirrel do all of his cute little scratches and everything. It sounds dumb. But my point is, it was just a little thing that made us laugh that made us giggle, that before we started our busy, crazy day, we had just this little moment where nature brought us comfort. I believe in all those little things are ways that God is providing for us. You do little things for your kids, don't you? You have Taco Tuesday. Not because you love tacos, but because it makes your kids happy. They get excited about it. You do little things all the time to provide for your children to bring them comfort, to bring them happiness, to keep their bellies full, to keep their bodies healthy. Try to reframe your mind that God promises to give you that same amount of providing for. With our children, we praise their gifts and we help them to correct their wrongs. And we do it over and over, no matter how many times it takes no matter if they've asked for forgiveness or not. You know they already have it. You know they already have your forgiveness. That you're not keeping a little chart and ticking little checks every time they screw up and then your love goes down less and less. That is not how it works. 
So why do I worry that that's how God thinks of me? You know, sometimes I say no to my kids when they ask for things. Sometimes I allow my kids to face hardships, but it's only when I know that it is going to make them grow. And it's only when I know that they're capable of it, that by pushing them to figure out a situation, they're going to grow from it. They're going to learn from it. You're constantly molding your child because you're investing in their future. When I think back of the times that God's allowed me to face hardships, it wasn't to be mean or out of spite. It was for a reason. I'm a single mom to three kids. If I look at who I was as a woman 10 years ago, yes, I would have loved my kids the same as I do now, but I would not have had the strength, the fortitude, the peace of mind to be able to parent them in the way that I'm able to now. As a single mom where it's hard, I can handle it because of the hardships that I've been through. One thing I do know is letting me go through those hardships was done out of love and it was done in complete confidence that I could handle it. Sometimes we say no to our children. My kids would eat McDonald's every day of the week if I let them. But I say no many of the times because I don't want them to be unhealthy and have, you know, high cholesterol or diabetes by the time they're 20. I don't let them eat McDonald's every day. I say no. Sometimes they can't understand why I say no. My middle child, she desperately wants Snapchat. All of her friends have it. She has been begging me for it nonstop. And my answer is no. And it's going to stay no. Because I see the harm in that app. I know she's not ready to handle something like that. I know the damage it can do to teenage girls. She does not need an app where the temptation is to take a picture in the false belief that it's going to disappear from the internet three seconds later. There is no good that can come from a 13-year-old with Snapchat, in my belief. So I say no to protect her, even though she doesn't understand why right now. There's a reason out of love when God says no to us. Sometimes we'll never know why he says no, but we can take peace from the promises that we are his child, that we have his unconditional love, his provisions, his protection, that it's, out of, it's in our best interest. And the last thing, the last thing I want you to think about when we're talking about the love we have for our children and how that relates to the way God loves us is we believe in them. You believe in your kids. You believe they can do great things that they can do anything. And you invest in their future because you have these beliefs in them. When I had to fill out Sam's high school applications last year, they all ask you with like two little lines to fill in, how would you describe your child? I mean, I could go on and on and on about how amazing she is. She is compassionate. She is brilliantly minded. She's so smart, but she's so loving. She has this great moral compass. Sam does not just fit in with what all the other kids are doing. She sets the example. I could go on and on in how much I believe in her. Instead of thinking of God as one who is continually disappointed in me when I screw up, what if I thought of him 
as my biggest cheerleader. You know, he made, he made me. He made me in my mother's womb. He knows me inside and out. Why would he not believe in me? Something my brain has a hard time grasping. But in reading these promises, I want to start to believe in it more. So to wrap this up, when our human mind reverts back to fear, is God going to let me fall on my face? Am I going to get hurt again? Is God actually going to answer my prayers? Are blessings really coming? Think back on the promises and the entitlements that come to you. The rights of being a child of God. As you go on with your busy day, you know, I got to go run and do school pickups and a hundred other things in between. As you go through your busy day as a mom or as a busy woman, I want you to think about all the ways that you love your child or all the ways that your parent loves you, how you always find more for them. Nightmare at 3 a.m., you're there comforting them when they're scared. When they haven't done their homework assignment yet, you're there sitting with them, helping them get through it. You're providing. Just take note of all the little ways that you love your child for the next 24 hours and try and understand, and I'm going to do the same, that that's how much God loves me, how much he loves you. Thank you for sticking with me through this. I've loved this time together. I hope it helps. If it does, please, please reach out to me at Ms. MS Pink Monster. Mostly on Instagram. That's where I answer my DMs. You can also find me on TikTok, on YouTube, but at Ms. Pink Monster. I'd love to hear from you. And if you don't mind uh, filling out a review real quick, you know the Apple Podcast review. Just throw out a quick one and that would mean the world to me because that's how Apple pushes your podcast out and then this message can get to the next woman. Enjoy your day. Enjoy God's love. Sounds cheesy, but I want you to. All right. Bye.